You've probably heard of the Banshee, the wailing female spirit that cries out to announce a death within certain Irish families. But what of her cousin, the Benia? This lonely spirit also marks impending deaths in Scotland and Ireland. Let's find out how and why she's an omen of death in this week's episode of Fabulous Folklore. Hello there and welcome to Fabulous Folklore, the podcast for all things folklore, occult and just a bit weird. I'm your host, Icy Sedgwick, blogger, fantasy author and your guide into these rather mysterious realms. I've got some rare things to show you, so come on in, take a look around, but be careful not to touch anything. These things sometimes bite. Well, hello there and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with me, your host, Icy Sedgwick. This week does mark our descent into all things spooky and death omen related for the rest of October because, let's be honest, it is the best month for it. And it is quite interesting because when you look at a lot of folklore and legends and superstitions, particularly from Northern Europe, a lot of them do seem to relate to one of essentially two things. And it's either about finding out when you're going to get married or finding out when you're going to die. So it does kind of relate to one of those. Yes, there are other things, but they are both really super common. And that is kind of something that we're going to unpick slightly over the next two episodes. And I think we're all quite familiar with the Banshee as this figure announcing a death in certain Irish families. And she's also been immortalised in comics as the Silver Banshee by DC and so on. And I think, as I say, she's quite famous, but we're going to look at her less famous cousin this week. And if you are interested in the Banshee and would like to learn more about them, then I do have an exclusive episode for my Patreon supporters, which we did a few months ago. And that one you can get if you become a supporter at the $4 a month or more price point, you'll get access to that episode on the Banshee and all the other, like 10, I think it is, exclusive episodes. So that's quite cool. But anyway, so we've got the Banshee, also known as the Ben's She. Obviously, this makes no sense when you're not looking at it written down. But obviously, Ben is spelt Bean and then She is S-I-D-H-E, which just basically means fairy woman. And her cousin is the Ben Nia. And obviously, you've seen how to spell that because it's the title of this episode. And she's also known as the Washerwoman at the Ford. And I thought it would be quite interesting to have a look at her rather than the Banshee in this particular episode, just because she's perhaps lesser known outside of folklore circles, but equally as interesting. So because you have the the Banshee, which obviously you're familiar with, she announces this impending death with this keening cry. But by contrast, the Benia actually passes her time beside pools or streams. And this is quite important to what it is that she actually does, because while she's beside this water, whatever form that might take, She's washing the blood from the clothes of those about to die. Now, in 1908, E.C. Watson refers to the Ben Nia as a water nymph, which gives a completely different mental image. And in this version, the Ben Nia, and I quote, sings the dirge and bewails the fate of the doomed, end quote. And this particular Ben Nia ends up so engrossed in her task that she's actually easy to capture. And at this point, if you do manage to capture her, she will grant three requests of her captor. Now, this does also fit into some of the other legends, but we'll get into those in a minute. Now, whether the Ben Nia actually sings or not, either way, she is an omen of death. Although Lewis Spence does note that while, yes, evil will follow once you've seen her, that's not actually her fault. So it heralds a death seeing her, but she doesn't actually cause it. Now, Watson is also careful to draw a distinction, and I'm going to apologise for the mangling of pronouncing this, but I've only ever seen it written down, between the 
Kawineg and the Benia. The Kawineg predicts death in battle. So unlike the Benia, you can't actually approach her and she's usually heard rather than seen and people would fear the sound of her cry before a battle. Watson also claims that people actually heard her for several nights before the massacre of Glencoe and as a result actually left the Glen and therefore avoided the, the massacre that happened. But again, that's obviously a folktale, so who knows how true that really is. Now, in one Irish tale recounted by Lewis Spence, the Benia also possesses the power of prophecy, which obviously she would have to when you think about it, if she's essentially predicting who's going to die by basically doing their laundry for them. Now, Oscar headed to the Battle of Gavra and came across a washerwoman. So he then asked for a prophecy about who would die, because there was a battle coming. And she replied to say that 900 would die at his hand, including the king. Which, to be fair, if you're being told this as a prophecy, is pretty encouraging stuff. But not so for the fae in Finn McCool's band, because she actually prophesied Finn's death in the battle, which also came true. And then there was another story in the Highlands concerning a girl from Cromarty, and she spotted a woman washing clothes one th Sunday morning. Now, that in and of itself isn't particularly weird, but it's the fact that there were over 30 bloodstained smocks lying nearby on the grass to dry. That bit would obviously catch your eye. Now, as the story goes, not long after she'd seen this, Fern Abbey's roof collapsed and killed 36 people in the congregation. Now, I actually checked up on this and the roof did actually collapse in 1742 and killed almost 50 people. So perhaps this particular story maybe had an element of truth to it. Whether or not she did actually see a washwoman at the ford or not, we'll never know. But it is quite interesting that in this case, there is at least that historical element to back it up. So where does the Benia actually come from? Now, she does have a few origin stories that all kind of disagree with each other. And according to some legends, she's not a fixed entity like the Kelpie. Instead, she's the ghost of a woman who died during childbirth, which is incredibly specific. And she's also not just any unfortunate mother, but it's just those whose garments had not been washed at the time of her burial. And she's actually then only released from her thankless task on the day that she would have died had she not passed away sooner. Now, that obviously would explain why... There are fewer sightings of them now because obviously we've got better healthcare and so on. But that one is also at pains to kind of explain why it's not just any mother who died during childbirth. Now, most descriptions note that she's quite small. She's usually described as being ugly and she's often got a hooked nose with one large nostril. Other people point out that she's got webbed feet. And for some reason, quite a lot of the stories are fixated on her having long breasts. And in some places, the Ben Nia dresses in green, which is hardly surprising because that's a colour often associated with the fairies. And that is also a reason why you should never wear green as a wedding dress because then the fairies would come and steal you on your wedding day. I can point out I was once a bridesmaid and I had to dress in green, not a shade that particularly suited me, but never mind. And the fairies didn't come to steal me, so either they didn't want me or they don't like bridesmaids. Anyway... According to Spence, the Ben Nia is confined to the large islands of Scotland, Lewis, Harris, Ust and Col. Now that said, other parts of Scotland and Ireland feature versions with different names. And there's one of them that haunts the River Carron and she cries out as an omen of death for members of the Macmillan clan. And then there's even a version in Brittany who asks passers-by to help her in her washing task. But anyone who refuses, she basically drags into the stream and she breaks their arms. So, does the Ben Nia have any special powers? Well, aside from her gift of prophecy, the Ben Nia possesses the ability to grant wishes. So, to get them, you need to spot her before she sees you. And in fact, if you see her first, she can't actually move until she's caught and spoken to. 
And if you do this, she'll grant you three gifts of your choice and then she won't be seen on that particular spot again. Because obviously, if you think about it, you wouldn't want people to keep going and bothering her if they realised that there was actually a Baneer in the, in the vicinity that they could go and ask for wishes from. Now, if a person did encounter the Baneer, she would answer three questions if the person answered three of hers. So this is quite an interesting version that it's about perhaps given gifts, as it were, through information by answering these questions, whereas the 1908 tale that they refer to her as a water nymph was talking more about the idea of her actually granting requests as some kind of strange genie type figure instead. Now there is an even more hardcore version to this one and apparently what you need to do is you need to actually sneak up on her while she's washing and suck her from one of her breasts before she sees you. I'm not quite sure how you would manage that but that is apparently what you were told to do and basically folktales apparently hold no truck with consent or harassment which does say a lot. Now, I should also point out that the tales do say that her breasts are so long that she flips them over her shoulder while she works, which is how you can reach them from behind and presumably not be seen by her. But anyway, if you do manage to succeed in this particular endeavour, you need to tell her that you're her foster child and she'll give you a wish in return. Now, many believe the person who sees her will die soon after the encounter, so perhaps wishing not to die might be a good idea. And the people of Islay tell their own version of the tale. And here, what she does is she actually lashes out with her wet linen if you interrupt her in her task. And the hapless victim will actually lose the use of their legs. So th these ones are quite interesting. And the fact that you've got this almost like lovely water nymph idea where she just gets engrossed in what she's doing. And if you manage to sneak up on her and catch her, she'll give you three wishes. It all sounds a little bit lovely and kind of twee in a way. Whereas these other versions... You know, you've got to do a little bit more than just catch her. And she could break your legs or, you know, she could kill you soon after and all that kind of thing. So it is quite interesting that there is this difference in how people perceive them. And I think that this in some ways does sort of reflect the way that fairies in general are treated in the way that people still like to think of them as being a bit like Tinkerbell and this idea that they're these lovely, sort of sweet, tiny little characters sort of like hopping around when you actually go, well, if you read a lot of the early folklore, that kind of anything. But but yeah, just please, please do bear that in mind when you, you hear anything to do with fairies. You know, because I just think that it's, it, it, it's one of those things where the Victorians have a lot to answer for. But anyway, why is the Benia considered an omen of death? Well, Patricia Monaghan actually believes that she's a folkloric version of the goddess Bab, who prophesies death in battle as she washes the bloody clothing of those doomed to die. Now, Bab is actually a Celtic war goddess, and in Old Irish, her name means crow. And in some cases, she's believed to be able to take the form of a crow as well. And basically, what she would do is whip armies into a frenzy so she could incite war to enjoy the conflict and bloodshed. And some people also identify her with the banshee instead. Now, Mary Rowland actually relates the lyrics of a ballad in which the Ben Nia is the daughter of the Bab rather than the Bab herself. And elsewhere in the Highlands, she is the Bab, although she's actually washing the garments of those who will drown, not those who will die in battle. So again, we've got this constant thing of which version are we looking at, which area we're in, why are they all different? Now, over time, it is possible that her warlike prophecies of death in battle became ordinary omens of death. And I'm not really sure why people would believe that the Ben Nia was a woman who died in childbirth because it does seem like a little bit of a strange leap from woman died in, in childbirth, hadn't had her garments washed beforehand and has now gone on to wash the garments of other people who were about to die. I mean, there may be some kind of old superstition about washing the linen of these unfortunate women, 
And of course, people might have then conflated that particular superstition with stories of Barb and ended up with this new figure. And if you toss into the mix the fairy folk habit of stealing people, as in changeling folklore, which we do have an episode on, like right back at the beginning, I think it's like episode two, and thus the Ben Neo was born. Or it, there is always the other option as well, that the washwoman really does sit at the fold, pounding bloodied linen against a rock. And you do just have to hope that it's not your linen next time. Personally, I think that it's one of those stories where various superstitions have been kind of rolled into one and have then given rise to this particular figure. And because of the fact that there are different versions in different places, but they all ultimately boil down to the same thing, it's this person is essentially telling you who is going to die from what they're doing. The part that I've always been most curious about is how you would necessarily identify the garments that are being washed because I would imagine a lot of them would look the same. So as with the Cromarty example with the Abbey, where there's just these 30 bloodstained smocks lying on the grass to dry. Again, we don't know at what point in, in the process the washwoman actually was, if she was still going through them, and that was why there was going to be more than 30, or you know, or what, but how, how would you know which ones were going to die, or was she just predicting the number? So that bit is obviously something that's never really fully explained how you would sort of, because imagine if you came across and went, hang on, that's mine. That would probably freak you out. So she is an interesting character. I do think that she, she perhaps because of the fact that she's a little bit more constrained in the fact that, yes, she can prophesy who's going to die. And yes, she can grant requests and wishes if you can follow the particular process, whether that's just capturing her or, you know, suckling on her breast or whatever it might be. But ultimately, her range of function is actually quite limited beyond that because it is just essentially prophesying who's going to die. It, it also doesn't explain why there's only a few of them around the place. Like she appears at certain places and you think, well, surely there'd be quite a lot of them and they'd be quite busy. So this is where you then have to dig into where are they appearing? Is it for battle? Is it people who are going to drown? And so on. So I think this also goes some way to explaining why there's different versions of her. But she is a really interesting character though and she makes an interesting counterpoint with the banshee because obviously some of the Ben Nia stories she's singing while she works and then other ones she's not so and then you've got the ones where you only hear her and don't see her so it's it is one of those ones where there's so many different versions it's difficult to pinpoint which is the first one which is like the origin story but if there's plenty of different ones to choose from so I hope you enjoyed that particular episode on the Ben Nia as I say, there is the episode on the Banshee one that I did for my Patreon supporters, if you care to support me in order to access that. And then next week, we're going to have a look at another death omen, which is the Fetch, which is also really quite interesting, but also has a lot less contradictions in what it can and can't do, which is quite cool. So we'll have a look at that next week. I do also want to point out that the Fabulous Folklore podcast now has its own mascot, and it's the rather marvellous plague doctor that was made for me by holly at the center for folklore myth and magic now he doesn't have a name and i thought it would be rather fun if we actually had a competition to name him so i've got a link below where you can drop your suggestion of a name for the plague doctor you will of course have your entry and your name and any website or anything like that read out on the podcast and you will also win a paperback copy of my short story collection black dog and other stories where all the stories are essentially based on something to do with folklore. So if you're interested in entering that competition, please do check the link below for the Plague Doctor naming competition. Can't wait to see what people come up with. So in the meantime, I hope that you have a marvellous week ahead and I hope that you stay safe and well and all that kind of stuff and I will see you soon. Cheerio. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to subscribe using whichever podcast app it is that you prefer. If you do use iTunes, if you could leave me a review, that would be fab. Basically, it just means iTunes are more likely to recommend this to other people. And if you're interested in more folklore, please feel free to swing by my blog, which is www.icsedgwick.com, and that's Sedgwick spelled S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. And you can find all of the links, images, and other bits and pieces that hopefully you enjoy. So have an absolutely fab week ahead, and I'll see you soon. Cheerio!